0: Hello, world, and welcome to the Ignited Fortitude podcast. Uh, We got a special guest going on, and this is not Steve once again. Uh, He does not have COVID again, but uh, he did have a family emergency and and, uh, called last minute. It was like, hey, man, I can't show up to the recording today. He was super bummed. But uh, I do have a special guest, Brandon Martin so
1: hey thanks for having me bobby it's great to join you and hello to everyone out there that's going to be watching this and i look forward to your feedback and comments
0: yeah for sure so uh a few quick things guys um the store should be up and ready hopefully by the time that this podcast airs we're waiting for a few things to come in and and uh, i know that steve actually got a a call from somebody and was like hey when are you guys going to get this stuff ready i'd like to order some stuff for christmas um another thing also um Uh, be praying for Steve, be praying for the store and, uh, guys, uh, we just thank you for all the support and all the, all the emails and and just reaching out to us. Um, without further ado, Brandon, how about you tell a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. So I've lived in Sierra Vista pretty much since 2006. I'm originally from Southern Indiana, uh, grew up in a farming community, joined the military after nine 11, went to Afghanistan, 2005, 2006, um, Came back here to Fort Huachuca after Afghanistan and have been here pretty much since then. I did a two-year mobilization to Fort Devens, Massachusetts from late 2007 to early 2010. Um, Moved back out here uh, in 2010. And then uh, recently I just got married, September 25th. Uh, Very much blessed uh, beyond what I deserve And um, I'm running for the U.S. House of Representatives because I believe that we are in a very tricky situation in our country. And the foundations of our country to protect life, liberty, and property are being eroded at an extremely fast pace. And it also aligns with my walk spiritually spiritually. So uh, two things that I'm very passionate about, being a service member and taking that oath to the to the Constitution to defend it, and then also my belief as a Christian, and that's to follow my God. So uh, just excited to be here. I hope that uh, someone out there listening, watching
2: uh, appreciates this, can use it somehow, and that— uh, we just glorify God in all that we do here. So normally, you know, typically you you get together and people are like, don't talk
1: about politics and don't talk <laughs> about
0: religion. And we're going to cover both <laughs> those things within this podcast.
1: I was an army interrogator, so I've never been shy about talking about things that might upset people. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, we work through your feelings and we'll get to the truth. It's kind of like a therapy session. Sure, sure. Um One of the quotes that we
0: were talking about before we started recording, I mean, we pretty much had a podcast done. We should have just recorded it. We should have just recorded it. But one of the things is uh, from Ronald Reagan, he says this. He says, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our kids in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States when men were free um that quote really resonates because when we look at that um in judges chapter two something similar goes on right and and if anybody's familiar judges uh comes uh after the book of joshua joshua came after moses and was leading the people and um as soon as joshua died this is what it says in judges and and we talked about this when we, we uh covered the um the raising children episode i think it was like episode six um But in Judges chapter 2, it says in verse 10, after that generation died, another generation uh, grew up and did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. You know, it kind of goes hand in hand, right, with what
2: Reagan was saying in the sense of, like, we have a responsibility to teach the next generation. We do. And um, the quotes that you give there
1: from Reagan and from Judges, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Right, so uh, there's nothing new under the sun, and when I am out campaigning, when I'm out talking to people, I often reference the Bible very often, mm-hmm. and I sometimes don't tell them that I'm referencing the Bible, but people like to hear stories, and you know, the Old Testament is a collection of stories mm-hmm. that help us live our life, you know, and so um, I often like to mirror, or just I will straight out tell someone. You know this is like Abraham, you know, going out into a world that he didn't know, that he had no idea what was ahead of him. But God said, This is your journey, go out and do as I say, and I'll make you
2: prosperous beyond your belief. Sure, so let's talk about that journey. Um, how'd you get saved? How long have you been walking with the Lord? Well, I grew up going to
1: church, my mother in Indiana, uh, we went to three different christian denomination churches we went to first christian church we went to uh vernon baptist church i went to the hayden methodist church i've been to pretty much every christian denomination there is out there um and even catholicism uh so i've been through about every service there and while i was exposed to god and i was exposed to the bible uh i never really quite lived it until my daughter was about two years old Mm -hmm. and um I've been baptized before that and hadn't made a profession, you know, confession of faith. And, um, but when my daughter was about two years old, she got very sick and she was at the pediatric ICU and TMC at Tucson. And, um, it was the scariest moment of my life and I had nowhere else to turn, but to God. And I just, I prayed and I prayed harder than I've ever prayed in my life. And I know Pastor Pat, he doesn't like um uh, making deals with God, and he talks about that, but uh I told God, I said, "You know, you're gonna do what you're going to do um if my daughter makes it through this, I will make sure that she grows up to know who you are, and the only way I could do that is if I live that life sure uh so at that moment i I made a commitment um that I would be The best christian that i could be going forward and that i would raise my daughter isabella who's now 10 Mm. and made it um to be the best christian she could be and you know that's ultimately going to be her decision and her walk but i will expose her to what it means to be a christian
2: and to follow god and then that's her her decision to take that path from there well yeah your responsibility right just like as we said the next generation coming up it's the responsibility of
1: of the parents absolutely so you've been walking with the Lord for eight years, About eight eight years, and I'd say in a in a true fashion. And every day and every year, uh, that that walk in f- of faith mm-hmm. uh, strengthens. Mm-hmm. I gain more knowledge. I um, learn to temper my own passions and ambitions. Uh, but it's always a it's always a growth. Uh, I think you could talk to anybody, especially ministers and people like yourself who are out there. Uh, really exposing people to God. I I think that you always learn something new. You always improve. You always find out how to be a better Christian husband, father, brother, citizen. Uh, And if you're really working at it, I think that it's a constant journey and none of us have arrived there, but uh, one day we, we hope that it, it's efficient. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we had met a couple of years ago when I
0: was leading young adults. You remember that? I do. Yeah. We had met a couple of years ago. And um, it's funny because one of the things that Steve wanted to say, um, when you had the interview with Pastor Pat, um, Steve's like, man, he's like, I know Brandon Martin's legit. He's like, because he's like, I was at Arby's and I guess you were at Arby's um before you went to come to the interview and pastor pat called you and you're like oh hey pastor pat you know and but before that you got your meal and and you like went and prayed and it's funny cuz you know uh steve was like yeah i pulled up and i saw like a vehicle that had Brandon Martin all over it and I was, he's like i've never seen the guy i don't know what he looks like but he knew that you know we were going to be doing the interview here at the church and um he's like dude and he's like and i was looking around he's like i think that might be him and he's like yeah he went down and he prayed before his meal and it's like
2: he's like that guy I know that guy's legit and i'm like it's funny i was like well Praying at fast food, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I try to pray in everything I do, and sometimes
1: I will um, pray, and you'll know that I'm praying, and sometimes that I'm just praying inside my head. And right, like right now, it's you know, I hope that God is glorified in whatever message comes out today. Uh, but I'm constantly praying. I'm praying that um, the decisions that I make are laid out before me, and that I'm doing God's will, not my own and always praying but i appreciate that steve saw that um (laughs) and i hope if you see me out there understand that i do pray in most everything that i do Mm -hmm. um and sometimes i think it's appropriate to let others see you pray and sometimes i think it's appropriate to just spend some time in silence with god and let him know your heart yeah absolutely um so
0: one of the things, um, you know, obviously I'd like to, you know, have you on and, and talk to you about is, you know, you have a unique uh, career path ahead of you, right? And you, you said getting into politics. So how does how does that play out where, um, you know,
2: some Christians will be like, hey, uh, Christians shouldn't get involved in politics. That's true. Many people say that. Uh, many people who are atheists or don't believe
1: say Christians shouldn't get in poli- involved in politics. But I here's what I know. I've heard Pastor Pat and others teach many years, and they say, you know, we're in a constant spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to put on the armor of God. We have to go out and face the enemy and be soldiers for Christ. I mean, that's in summation what's, you know, what our calling is, right? And what we're asked to do every day. Well, I know what happens when good people stay on the sidelines and don't get involved in society. And you can see it Right now, because too many Christians have stepped aside, have abdicated their authority and their position to allow the state to operate with impunity. And so now we're in this nation where boys think they're girls and girls think they're boys and transvestites and um, different people can go teach at an elementary school or, or you know, um, people of different genders going in opposite bathrooms when they know little kids are there. Mm-hmm. You know, we morally – have gotten off so off course Mm -hmm. we have perverted the idea of our government and our role as christians so badly that you look at today's society and that quote that you mentioned from reagan where one day we will be telling our children's children of how the united states used to be when men were free Mm -hmm. right and that's um, a very profound statement and something to think about because right now are you satisfied as a christian and it's not just you, but the, the, you watching this, are you satisfied as a Christian at the state of our society? Because that's what it looks like when Christianity steps aside and lets evil into that
2: vacuum and allows the enemy to control things. Yeah. You know, you, you say that and it, and it's huge because you look at whoever gets in, put in
0: office, right? You look at that and that is a reflection of what we have deemed tolerable. I mean, right, like they got into office
2: because of the fact of people voting to that position. You know what I mean? I tell people all the time, I say, look, if you're unhappy with the federal representation or state representation
1: you have, the position I'm running for, the U.S. House of Representatives and Congress, I think Congress is a fair representation of the people of this country. Mm -hmm. You may get up there and you may say this person or that person is ignorant or this person or that person is immoral or what whatever you know description you want to give them, I think they're a pretty accurate representation of America's whole. Maybe not as an, on an individual basis,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but when you have one person representing seven hundred and fifty thousand people, you're not going to get that. But what you are going to get is you're going to get a pretty close representation of the group as a whole. Yeah, and I think that's why if you're upset with Washington D.C. right now change the way we are locally, change yourself, change your neighbors, change your community, Mm -hmm. because that's where it starts. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know what I mean? Especially, you
0: know, we talked about this and I know we'll get into it where, you know, the principles that our nation was founded on were, you know, biblical principles, you know? And so as a church to support those principles and to keep those principles, that's something that we should have never let go of. But like you said, you know, this is what happens when, people do nothing. This is when they don't stand up for it. And this is this is what happens when people end up seeking comfort as opposed to seeking the right way to do things. Although it might be discipline, although it might be, you know, it, 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 in the confines of something, right? Like, hey, you know what? The biblical idea of, you know, marriage, we can get into, right? Sure. Is this way, right? One man, one woman. That's what it is. But then when we start seeing, you know, maybe somebody in our family Isn't that way? Well, now we don't want to, now our vote might be swayed a little bit. Now we might want to be accepting because guess what? If we vote for a particular manner, that's going to, you know, what's that going to do to my child? Or what's I going to do to the person that I love? You know what I mean? And then you give up your
1: beliefs because of your emotions. Your vote absolutely changes society. Your society will reflect your vote eventually, maybe not the next day, but eventually it will. And that erosion of morality um, you know, you and I we said we did a whole podcast before this thing actually started. But the thing is is we as Christians, I as a Christian, I don't hate anyone because of their sin. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's um, you know, homosexuality or or gay marriage or whatever, I may not agree with it personally, mm-hmm. but I don't hate anyone because of their sin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I don't think that that's a a common ground that's that's portrayed by Christians. I mean, we are loving giving people uh, and we have our own sin to account for oh yeah and so I don't believe that at all but at the same time doesn't mean you have to condone it Mm -hmm. just because you love someone just because you uh, you don't want to offend someone doesn't mean you have to condone their actions you can still give them all the love possible Mm -hmm. and there's nothing more loving than a book that tells you this is the key to salvation this is the the way the truth and the life Mm -hmm. and when you think about that, he didn't say it because he didn't love you. He said it because he loved you. Yeah, And that's so – we just have to get past this facade of we can't offend anybody. Mm. We can't – their emotions can't be hurt or, or or whatever. We have to go out and we are charged to speak the truth. No matter how uncomfortable it may be, mm-hmm. we have to speak the truth. And that way someone can look at their life and say – is this the path I'm supposed to be on? Is this the path that I want to live, whether it's this one or any other one? Is this, is this hard truth affecting me. And then they can make the up their mind from there. But I think we've stepped away as Christians so much and we're so afraid to, to put forward, you know, how many, how many people were with Christ when he was crucified? Three. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a story as old as time, you know, it's, um, the minority has always been that that small group of people willing to stand up for the truth. I mean, even Jesus' own followers denied him. Yeah, You know, so uh, I don't expect anything less from modern man. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to understand that we have a very finite time to do um, whatever it is we're going to do on this earth. Mm-hmm. And we can either use that time to glorify God and promote his principles and his truth. Or we can step aside and say, I'm just going to be comfortable in my bubble and I'm not going to offend anyone and I'm not going to confront anyone and I'm just going to stay to myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you say, you know, even relation
0: in relation to that with voting, right? There's people and you've probably heard it too, where it's like, well, I'm not going to vote. What, what does my vote even matter? You know, um, and it's funny because I talked to a couple of people during the last election, you know, and it was like, no, it does matter. Your vote, like it it, it does. Right. And it's like, well, God's going to put into power whoever he's going to put into power. And it goes back to that parable where Jesus is like, hey, he gave three people, you know, one got five talents, one got two talents and the other got one talent. You know what I mean? And what happened to that person that had one talent? What did they say? Well, you, you know, charge however you are and you're going to pretty, ultimately, they're pretty much like, you're going to do whatever you're going to do anyways. And you're a harsh ruler. So I just went ahead and buried it. And he's like, you wicked sinner. You know, like you should have put it into interest. Like we are going to give an account for what we do just because God is going to do what he's going to do. We still have a responsibility and we still have actions that we should be taking because of our faith.
1: So I I want to step back a second and talk about what you mentioned um, is one of the most um, popular excuses I've heard from Christians is God is going to do what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. He is going to put in power or put in a position of authority, whoever he's going to put there. Mm -hmm. And I would like to challenge that and say, absolutely he will, but you're missing the bigger picture. If that's your mindset, the bigger picture is God's will will be done. And like a parent that he is, He's either going to teach you with love and um, maybe good times, or he will teach you with love and hard times. Mm -hmm. So while his will will be done, absolutely, you may have an opportunity to put someone in power who exemplifies the message of God, who promotes God, and your life may be a little bit nicer, Mm -hmm. a little bit less painful. Sure, but if you don't and you leave that, God will absolutely put someone in power that maybe teach you the lesson in a more harsh manner. Mm-hmm. You, you may – ultimately, God wants us to go back to him. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's God's will. If you haven't figured it out, God wants us to get closer to him. Mm-hmm. And whatever path, whether it's a clear path that's mowed and nicely manicured or whether it's a path filled with thorns and rocky roads – He's going to try to get you there one way or the other. Sure. Which road do you want to go down? Sure.
0: You know, there's a there's you know a great uh, Old Testament with uh, Elijah and Elisha, right? Two prophets back in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, God said what was going to happen. You know, e- eventually the nation was going to go into ruin, was going to be exiled. All these things were, were destined to happen to the nation. But because these guys held the line and even still were like still obedient to God, guess what? they bought some time. You know what I'm saying? And had them not stepped out the way that they were supposed to, well, guess what? You know, the tragedy and travesty would have, you know, happened sooner because of God's time. But it's like, we have that opportunity of, you know, yes, Jesus is coming back. There are things in the timeline that we're waiting for right now, but what are we going to be busy about doing right now? Are we just going to let go and let go of God? Or are we going to be like, no, God, like, I do trust you. You know, here we are in a spiritual warfare. And this is something that I, you know, I talk about all the time. And I don't know, Some sometimes they're like, that's the Marine in you. But it's like, hey, you know what? I don't want my armor to look shiny when I get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want it to look like it was in a closet. You know, I had brassoed it up the whole time that I had it. I didn't use it. And I show up and like, oh, look at my, you know, my armor. No, I want my armor to be jacked up. You know what I mean? Fiery darts in it. You know what I mean? Like torn to, tra- like, It it, hanging on by a thread. Yeah.
2: That's the way our armor is supposed to look because that's what we're given for. It's given to that protection for us to use. Well, going back to, and this is a a
1: Testament going back to what you said about the the path traveled when God sent Abraham out Mm -hmm. and he said, go and go to this place and do this. And that, I mean, you have the story of lot and lot's wife. Yeah. Right. And then you know God was going to destroy the city. And what Abraham do? He said he went to God, and I think he begged God from. He he started out. If there's 50 good men there, will you still destroy the city? And I think he got he he talked down God in fives all the way down to five. Yeah. He's like, if there are five good people there, will you not destroy the city? And God. You know, bargained with him all the way down because God's will will be done regardless. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If Lot would have listened, if Lot would have stayed, regardless of what his wife said, if Lot would have stayed the course, the same conclusion would have happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, the same thing would have happened, but it wouldn't have taken all the extra steps and hardships and destroying the city. And
2: I mean, all that maybe wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have had that hardship. Well, especially for Lot, right? He wouldn't right. have, you know, he wouldn't have gotten in a lot of trouble. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> going after
0: that, um, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we were talking about uh, before we got started was, you know, um, you know, you going into politics, you get asked some questions sometimes.
1: I do. I get asked a lot of questions a lot so, of times.
0: So, what are what are the three big questions that you typically get asked?
1: The three most popular is, what are you going to do for me? Why did you run? And how are you going to win?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean. 80 to 90% of the time if you were to boil it down those would be the top 3 questions that I always receive.
0: Sure. And so the heart behind the matter of of what are you going to do for me? Where do you think that comes from from people?
1: <laughs> well, ultimately it is the I think the most one of the most deadly sins is is greed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ultimately greed. You know, if I send you there, what are you going to do for me? Mm. And you can look in your Bible, and you can see what happens when people take that mindset. You know, you can look at it, David, what can I have that's not necessarily mine? Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. what can I take from this? You know, I've got this great flourishing country, but yet I get distracted by a beautiful woman. Sure. And what can I have? What can I take from it? And ultimately, that greed will destroy us. I mean, we have example after example after example of you know, what happens when we let greed into the picture?
2: So it, it ultimately comes from a place of greed sure. is what can you do for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you know, ultimately it should be like, you know, that's
0: great. You know, would I, I think, you know, the question would be like, Hey, what's your stance? What, you know, what are you wanting to do if you get into this position? And then on turn, like, Hey, what can I do to support you? Right. Right. That's exactly so, it. So that we can get it. Cause guess what? I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to run. Like the la- I'm the last person you want, you know, running. I even feel, you know, I said before we even started the podcast, like, man, I feel super unqualified to even have this interview because, you know, I didn't pay attention to school, you know? So there's lots of things that in the gaps that I, I need, but so I'm not going to run for that, but I want to get behind somebody that is going to run that, Hey, I, I had those same beliefs. You know, and ultimately, you know, more than anything else, you know, you
2: having a strong foundation in in Jesus Christ, guess whose law you want to uphold? Right. And, you know, that I can respect
1: that, you know, someone saying maybe it's not my calling, maybe Mm -hmm. it's not my talent to run for office. But I want to caution people on that because, you know, as a as someone who um, preaches the word of God, someone who puts that out there and spreads the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel the same way, you know, like, Hey, Hey, you know, you do all this um, research and all this studying and mm-hmm. all this praying and everything. And you know, I'm not qualified to go spread the word of God, but we're all, we're all charged with spreading the word of God. And that's, that's the only way our spiritual battle will be won, And it's the, the the moral battle for what's right in this country will be won. is we need people who are willing to go out there and, and say, you know what, I may not know everything, but I can educate myself. Mm-hmm. I can, I can associate and have fellowship with people who believe the same way that I do, mm-hmm. that want the same things that I do. And I mean, you look, I'm I'm one guy. You're one guy. Whether it's in the church or in po- the realm, the realm of politics, we can't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have to count on others. We sure. have to be able to work within a system. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I, I, lo- I love the fact that you're willing to admit that so that way we can break through that <laughs> and say you know what there's a lot you can do. There's a lot you can do. You you don't necessarily have to run mm-hmm. but there's a lot that you can do and there's a lot I can do as a Christian. Well
0: and I know and I know the responsibility is is there should be more. You know I I remember my uh you know Pastor Ryan he was on um he was on the board for Karenet and was doing stuff and he was going into the schools and he was teaching about sex education. And he had said, he had told me one time, like, Hey, you know, it's crazy because the school board is going to vote on these two different ways that they're going to present sex education to the public schools here in, in the County or yeah, in the County. Right. And um, he's like, one is, you know, through Karenet and they teach abstinence and, and that, you know, going down that line, he's like the other one, Talks about abstinence, but that's not what it's based on. And they actually are teaching in the curriculum. It's teaching kids on how to put condoms on at a young age and all this other stuff. And it's like, man, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I said, and the school board's going to vote. And as a parent, in that moment when I was talking to him, it's
2: like, if I really cared, I should be a part of the school board. Absolutely. You should attend the school board or at least have
1: a representative attend the school board meetings and then disseminate that information. But again – Going back to the Bible, going back to a teachable lesson, um, God gave – in the book of Genesis, God gave man authority. He gave Adam authority over all the earth, Mm -hmm. over all the creatures on the earth, right? And man had that authority. And what did um, Adam do when it came time to make a decision to go with God's word or go with greed? He abdicated and gave away his authority – to the woman, to Eve, mm-hmm. who gave that further to the serpent who tricked her, mm-hmm. right? So you have man saying, okay, I'm not going to um, take up my place my and do what I've been charged with by God, which <laughs> is to be in charge and make that decision. And rather, I'm going to push it to the next level, which is the woman, And then the woman's going to push it to the next level, to the serpent. And you can see in the book of Genesis where each one – well, it wasn't me. It was the woman who tricked me. Sure. Well, it wasn't me. It was the serpent who – Yeah, giving up the responsibility. And and so we do the same thing in sex education. Like why is is a school board talking about the best way to teach sex education? I mean abstinence or condoms, it it shouldn't matter – Where's the parent in that? True. Where's the oh, yeah. Christian faith in that? Where is Where are we saying, look, you don't engage in sex until you're married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a thing that we can point to in the Bible and say, look, here's the path. When you become man and wife, then there's a, a whole other world. And it's the parent's responsibility. But as parents, we've said, you know what, we're willing to let the school Raise our kids. We're, we'll we'll let them feed them. We'll let them teach them. We'll let them guide them morally. We'll tell them what's okay for sex, what's not okay for sex, mm-hmm. and where do where do we as parents be held accountable for our for our giving away that power. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I fully
0: agree with you in that sense. And, you know, uh, we talked about that. Steve and I talked about that when we were talking about raising up the next generation, um, you know, and even one step further too, sometimes parents do the same thing with coming to church, right? Where they're, they're like, okay, well, you know, we do this with schools. We do this, you know, just in that sense. Like we've we've given it to the schools to teach them and educate them this. we given it up to the, you know, the, the sports league to teach them how to, you know, play whatever sport it is. And then they give up, the whole thing for the church, right. Where they take them, Hey, now I'm going to put you in children's ministry and it's up to the pastor to be the one that's going to teach you. And then the parents don't, you know, don't take part in teaching their kids, the true biblical manner of things too. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's the big thing that we have that we're guilty of as Americans, where it's like, we do pass that stuff off onto people and don't take that ownership ourselves and take that responsibility that should be given to us. Right. Because it is given to us. It is our responsibility. I'm responsible for my kids and their upbringing. It's not supposed to be on anybody else,
1: and it's a big responsibility. But you know, so is having kids, yeah. <laughs> so is raising a family, so is being the head of a household. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a big responsibility, and and so is our so is our responsibility as a citizen, our responsibility as a citizen. And you brought this up earlier: is Elizabeth Powell asked um, Benjamin Franklin what type of government do we have, a monarchy or a republic? And his answer was a republic if you can keep it, and he knew. That And our founders knew, and then in their wisdom, they knew that it was hard to keep a republic. It was hard to take on that personal responsibility to be present in everything. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be. I mean, that's the ultimate. You have to be present in everything. Because if you're not, you're going to suffer. Yeah. So they knew how hard it was. And they said, you know what? We should try it anyway, because free will, freedom of self, liberty— is at the essence of what this is about and what our country's founding is about Mm -hmm. is God gives us free will. We have the choice to go down his path or our path. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know we're told what that's going to look like, but we still have the choice to make. And we still have the choice as citizens in in the United States. Are we going to be involved? Are we going to influence our society? to make it reflect God and his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to step aside and let other people take our authority and run with it?
0: Yeah, you know, and that's a good uh, a good point. You know, one of the things that I had talked to you about before we even started was um, uh, this book that I'm reading right now, uh, where the church was um, during Hitler's reign. It says, uh, show me your laws and I will show you your God, right? When we... Uh, put our laws under God and, and, you know, hey, guess what? This is how he designs marriage. This is what he says about the sanctity of life. This is what, you know, God says about all these things. And that's what we're going to rule under. And that's what we're going to live under, one nation under God, right? Then guess what? Then that's who we are morally obligated to live by the codes of the land, right? The lay of the land. But when we decide, yeah, but I, I don't want to live like that. Like I want to do, I want to do my own thing. I want to compromise. I want to have this. I want to, you know what I mean? Do these things outside of that.
2: Well, then guess what? Now you're looking for man to make those laws and now man becomes God. Right, And right. that's, and that's unfortunate because
1: I hear so many people say, oh, we're so bad as a country. We're so bad off, you know, we've got, um, record debt. We've got um, gro- grocery shelves are empty. Gas prices are soaring, or whatever it may be. You've got all these things, and people are complaining. And you know what? It's it's there. <laughs> you know the the reason, the path that we've taken to get here is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can start to correct it. I mean, at every point in the Bible, every nation that was raised up and destroyed. You know, you look at the Jews in, in the state of Israel. Every time. That they followed God, got closer to God, lived as God said, they prospered. Yeah. And every time that they started looking towards man and and looking to their own devices or to another god, things they got suffer. progressively worse. Yeah. They so suffer. you know, it's a it's a tough decision to make. It's not an easy it's not an easy road. There's nothing easy about it. If it were easy, everyone, sure. you know, God would have just said, hey, this is easy. Um, I'm not going to write all these books. I'm going to give you in one paragraph, you know, here it is.
2: You're, you're covered. And, you know, it's going to be the easiest thing you ever did. Well, you know, it, that, that big whole idea right there goes down to this, right? Everybody's looking for a savior.
1: Everyone is looking for a savior. So
0: when you have a whole bunch of people that, hey, you know, and that's where, that's where my heart is broken right now in the state of, yes, the state of our nation, man, but the state of our church, where our church, like you can look at, you know, the, uh, uh, I forgot who. I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said it. Where it's like the church has lost, and this was—I mean, he was like—I don't—I don't know how many years ago Charles Spurgeon was was you know alive, but it's a long time ago. And he even back then, he's like, "Hey, the the cult, the church has so little influence over the culture because the culture has so much influence over the church." Sure. And, and guess what? It's like, then w- what ends up happening is like, we have this great savior who died for us. And guess what? Hey, there's a way that we're supposed to live, but people want to live differently and they want to be their saviors. Cause it's like, nah, I want to take in all these other things. You know, you talked about other churches where it's like, why are you hanging up rainbow flags? Like, why are you participating in what the, the culture is doing? Because God, there are clear lines that that is not acceptable.
1: This goes back to another conversation Today, there are so many Christians who want to change and warp what the what the Bible says to fit their beliefs yeah. rather than to fit their beliefs into the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as American citizens. You know, we look at that founding document that was based on truths. It was based on that God gives us our rights. Essentially, that's what it boils down to. God gives us our rights. And we, instead of looking at that founding document or this document – We say, we know better Mm -hmm. in this situation. We're going to, we're going to make this fit us because it's more convenient. I I have to do less work this way. It fits my schedule. You know, I I don't have the time to go to church. I don't have the time to fellowship. I don't have the time to spread the gospel, or I don't have time to be a citizen. I don't have time to go to a school board meeting. I don't have time Mm -hmm. to do this. So I'm going to change it to fit my view. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a dangerous path because like you said, Everyone's looking for a savior. People come up to me. They say, what are you going to do for me? They want me to go to Washington and they want me to fix all their problems. They want me on Fox News every night. They want me saying, you know, uh, this is the newest, latest, greatest thing. We're going to do this and we're going to we're going to be better than we ever have been before. But it's not that way. And when you are looking for a savior, you need to look to yourself first because God gives us the plan. He, he he tells us, "I'm here for you. I've laid out the path. You've got to walk it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got to live like me." He mm-hmm. tells us that. You know, it's 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 the same thing in every walk of life. If you want to be better, you have to improve yourself first. Mm-hmm. And, and once you improve yourself, once you take you out of it and do what Jesus did and give everything over,
2: mm-hmm.
1: live the live the message you preach. Live the way you're supposed to. That's when things get better. When you live like God, when you walk in His footsteps, that's when things begin. get. But it starts with the self. Yeah. So um, as long as we're looking for other people to save us, as look as as long as we're looking for other people's money to fund the projects that we want to see funded, as long as we're doing that type of stuff, we're always going to be bending to someone else's will, not His will, right? But someone else's. So that's a good that's a good line. Show me your laws, and I'll show you your God. Yeah. Yeah. So define some
0: things for me right now. So going back to that quote where, it, you know, we are a republic if you can
2: keep it. What is the definition of a republic? A republic, boiling it down, is a system of government that is
1: of the people, right? So in a republic, the minority is protected. The minority is in rule. Um, and in a sense that you can't trample someone's individual rights – because you have more people that agree with you. The truth remains that government is to protect life, liberty, and property. And that is the the foundation of our government, is that we have a right to life, liberty, and property. And a Republican form of government at its essence is about the individual, protection of the individual's rights. So um, in a pure democracy, you have mob rule. You have the majority wins. And that's unfortunately where we are today. We were founded as a republic, as a system under Article 4 of the Constitution, where we protect the minority, we protect the right to life, liberty, and property uh, because we have a system set up that allows for that to flourish. But after 1913 in the Dick Act, um, we have the income tax in the 16th Amendment and then the 17th Amendment, the direct election of senators by the people rather than the state's. Uh, we have n- turned that over to we are now a democracy. We are unfortunately a democracy in a lot of ways. And now we are sub- subject to mob rule. Mm-hmm. So what the mob wants, the mob gets. I mean, majority you, you, rule. You, yeah, you look at it in in our society right now, and people will say, well, we believe this. Our rights are this. So you have to conform to the way we think you know, or we're going to demonize you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's a different form
2: of persecution and that's a different form of attacking someone's rights. Yeah. Totalitarianism. Right. Yeah. Um, y- you know, in democracy, of course, right. Majority rule is, is always bad.
0: And we have that in the Bible, right. When uh, in Exodus, when the majority wanted Aaron to fashion a, a gold calf or a gold or a God that they could have, right. The majority wanted him to go away when, you know, Moses was on the mountain getting the 10 commandments. And it's like, that's what happens
1: with the majority rules, right? They lose their mind. It... Yeah, well, you know, when you have the majority rule, that greed factor creeps in, mm-hmm. and everyone's what can I, what can I get for me? Mm-hmm. That's, and you know, really, it, I, I love the Constitution. I love the founding of our country because, and as a Christian, it so much speaks to this book, and that it's about restriction. Mm-hmm. It's about not what can I do, but about what should I do. Yeah, and so can you restrict yourself? Can you restrict those urges of what you want? Because there's two of us here. I'm sure that on a lot of things we might agree on things, but there's things that you want in your life and things that I want in my life that may not go Mm -hmm. hand in hand, that may Mm -hmm. conflict. So who should win out? You know, should you get your way? Should I get my way? But when we understand that, you know, you have your right To live the way you choose, whether right or wrong, you have that right. I have that right. As long as you are not infringing on my rights in the way you live, you should be able to do that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and vice versa. But it takes a lot. It takes a very big person to say, you know what, just because I don't agree with something, just because I don't practice that myself, I'm going to give that away. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the ultimate story like we're talking about with Jesus, Right. Jesus could have called down the angels. He could have been saved from the cross. He could have, you know, lived in glory and ruled over everything. But he said, you know, I came here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. I came here to save them. And he suffered for us. And that's, he gave away everything. Yeah. He gave away his life. He went to hell and, and you know, came back and it was like, okay, I, I, I fulfilled the, the prophecy. I am who I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that's... That's huge. That's why none of us deserve what we get from God. We don't deserve God's grace. We don't deserve his love because in everything he does, he gives it to us. Mm -hmm. He says, okay, Bobby, Brandon, you, you have that, you have that ability. You can make that decision, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can live for yourself or you can live for me Mm -hmm. and give it all up.
2: And when you give it all up and you sacrifice, I mean, that's, That's what we're here for, right? Well, you know, and and Jesus submitted his will to the will of the Father,
0: right? Because he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and says, hey, you know, let this cut pass. You know, in in those moments, he was asking. And, And, you know, and in that moment, it was, God could have said anything at that moment. Like, you know what, Jesus, just tell everybody to be good people. Tell them that their good, has to outweigh their bad, and they'll make it to heaven. And you don't have to go to the cross. He could have done anything in those moments. And he didn't. And God kept silent. And Jesus said, nevertheless, let your will be done, not my will. And he submitted himself to that, you know, and and, and in that sense, it's like, you know, it's in Ephesians where it talks about us that we are supposed to be imitators of God, you know, as dear children, you know, you have a daughter, you know, and she looks up to her dad and, you know, there's things, characteristics that she has a following after that. And that's how our relationship with the Lord is supposed to look like where we are in line and we're looking like that, right? We're looking like, well, that's the whole purpose of the name of Christians, right? They're looking like. Little Jesuses, like little Christians, because guess who you're following after? So you know, it, Pastor Pat talks about that fragrance of Christ. Like that's what people should be able to smell. You know, um, so uh, a few other things. Um, yeah. So a republic is
2: is they're 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 protecting the minority. It's a group. It's a government of the people that protect, protects the minority and individual liberty. Okay, and then so now that we have a democracy, now now let me ask you this:
0: What breaks your heart about what you see? Like you've studied, you know, obviously you studied government and studied the way that things started off, and now it's different than what it is. Yeah. What What
2: breaks your heart in the direction that you see our country potentially going since 1973? Um. In this country, we've killed over 60 million babies,
1: mm-hmm. and right now, um, being in, by the time this airs, it you know b- things may change. But um, right now, there is a case being argued before the Supreme Court about a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks, uh, and it has the potential to overturn Roe v. Wade, which in 1973 basically allowed for. Abortion Mm -hmm. and is responsible for the death of over 60 million babies. Um, I think most people, most honest people would agree that slavery is bad, Mm -hmm. that uh, keeping another person against their will for yours is a bad thing. Um, But in our society, there's a large section of society that is not only okay with abortion but actively promotes abortion as a woman's right to choose mm-hmm. and while um in cases of rape and incest, it is completely sad what's happened to the woman who's pregnant, mm-hmm. but killing the baby doesn't bring justice to that situation. Killing the baby doesn't um undo the wrong; it's just committing another wrong mm-hmm. it's It's saying okay there's one sin that's been committed or multiple sins that's been committed, but now I'm going to commit my own sin. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just, that's heartbreaking. That's if there's one thing I could go to Washington and fix, it would be to protect the right to life. Sure. Um, And that's the first thing I mean um, the principle of our founding was to protect life, liberty and property. That's the stated purpose of government. The first of those being life. And when you have no value, to life when they when the most innocent of our population um, can be murdered and just passed off as a clump of cells. Um, that's heartbreaking mm-hmm. that that is uh, I mean, it's to me as a as a Christian and other Christians listening that sh- that should break everyone's heart, in my opinion. But as a society, we've grown to the point where we've been told by the media and by schools and by others that it's
2: not a person you can't see it it's not a person it's just a clump of cells you know two things that i want to hit on you know going back to everybody's looking for a savior you know when
0: when you look at um abortion when you look at suicide um you know there's a part of scripture where um you know jesus um you know washes judas's feet they're in the upper room jesus washes judas's feet and then um, uh, and all the disciples feet right and then and then he tells judas you know go ahead and go do what you're going to do. Cause he knew who was going to betray him, you know, and then Judas goes, you know, betrays Jesus. Jesus still is going to the cross still, you know, on that road, dies for our sins is headed that way. Um, but before he, he goes to the cross and Judas realizes what's going on, he feels remorse, right? Not repentance, but he feels remorse where he wants to wash himself of, of what's going on. So he tries to give back the, the 30 pieces of silver that he had taken. And and so he hands that to the priest, and then the priests don't want that because it's now it's blood money, and so they're trying to like, okay, well we can't have that, we can't put this into the temple because it's blood money, so we're just going to go buy this this field, right? So they're trying to let go of that, right? They're not trying to hold on to that responsibility because they don't they don't want to do it. Um, and then Judas still goes and he hangs himself. Um, and just looking at that, it, it's like when when somebody's going to communicate abortion. They're going to commit suicide. You know, here's the thing. It's like they're trying to free themselves, going back to looking for a savior. I'm trying to free or they commit murder or they kill somebody else, let's say. Right. I want justice. I want this. And it's like, that's why the message of the gospel is so important because Jesus died for that. There's forgiveness of that. You know, And if anybody listening has had an abortion, you know, you're forgiven by God. You need to go to him and ask for his forgiveness for that, regardless of what you've done. We're all sinner. We're all guilty of, of something. And so no sin have you committed that he will not forgive you for, right? And so, but when we do certain things and we take it into our own action, we are trying to be our own savior. Judas was trying to be his own savior thinking, hey, if I hang myself, I'm going to be clear of this. I, I want to get rid of this right we're trying to get rid of it when somebody goes to have an abortion i want to get rid of this mistake that i made i want to get rid of whatever or if it was rape or whatever the case is they're trying to free themselves of it and guess what you you can't you you have to go to god and there and trust him in the sense of god's going to bring me through this and now i'm just going to trust him and i don't have to go that route You, you know what i'm saying yeah um so looking for everybody's looking for a savior in that sense of, of, of just going that whole aspect of abortion. Um, you know, you're tr- what somebody's trying to do in those moments of weakness, they're thinking, I need to free myself of this. And, and what's so crazy is like, you know, going back to the Bible of what were people doing with their babies? They were offering, they were, there was a God that they worshiped, which was Moloch right? The God of prosperity and all this other stuff. And they were taking it. and, and I mean, this was like a statue that they put, you know, fire and it, like, it, like the hands of the, of the God were burning and they would put their babies on there, offering their babies to God for what? So they can get prosperity. And as Americans, we're doing the same thing where it's like, this baby is going to get in the way of me being, um, economically free or prosperous or whatever the case is. So I need to abort it. I need to kill it. I need to offer it in order so that I can get what I want. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you look at the Bible and you think of these things where it's like,
2: Oh, it looks so like, Oh, that's so archaic. But ultimately we're doing the same things. Yeah. That, um, history repeats itself. Um, and
1: unfortunately we are so far gone from what I consider a moral society, um, that we can't see that as murder. We can't see that in the discussion that we're having here. You know, there are people who will attack me and my position and say, well, how do you, how do you have the right to tell that woman what she can or can't do with her body? Well, one, I absolutely have the right to speak up for that baby. Mm-hmm. I absolutely have the right to try to protect that baby's life. Um, and it may not be a, an easy conversation, I mean, someone right now may be watching this and they may they may turn it off right now and say, This this guy's full of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never been pregnant. He's never he how does he have the authority to say it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have the authority. I have the authority to speak up and say, That's a life. That life was fashioned in the image of God. Yeah. And that's, you know, that life has a divine spark. I mean, that's that's something very special. Is like we just because we can't see it it's somehow less it's worth less mm-hmm. and that that baby is fashioned just like we were mm-hmm. just in the image of god and it's got a divine spark to it and it's got everything i mean when you let a pregnancy
2: carry out to term I mean, what's the result in that? It's, yeah, baby. it's a baby. That, and that's what boggles my mind. It's like, okay, you know that there's something in there. Okay. You want to tell me that
0: there's just cells and masses, but what is that cell and mass going to be? A life. It's like a life. it's not going to be a Volkswagen or, you know what I mean? Or whatever. <laughs> it's like, come on. Like there's only one thing that that is going to be. Yeah. But then we start defining terms and we start lessening our,
2: our uh, acceptance of, of, of what it is. And that's what starts swaying people. And when we devalue life, yeah. it, it it's
1: it's worse than a slippery slope. When you devalue life, you're saying, Okay, now I can put terms on you. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't somehow bring me fortune, if you don't somehow bring value to what I perceive as life and society, I now have the right to discard you. And it can happen when you're in the womb, it can happen when you're thirty or when you're eighty. You know, when <laughs> and not to get too far off track, but go down the road here a piece to the senior center mm-hmm. where people are there just in a room kept quiet until they they're out of society. They're out of our homes. They're out of, you know, dignity. Mm-hmm. They're they're just in there. I was, I was walking by one day and this guy knocks on the window. He's just pounding on the window. And he just waves at me. He's just waving at me. He's got a smile on his face. Looks like he hasn't seen anybody for a year. And I'm just like, I... I waved, I said hi. You know, I couldn't hear him very well. He couldn't hear me very well. But what happens when we start devaluing life? Yeah. When we just say, you know what, Um, you're out of sight, out of mind, so you're somehow worth less than I am. You know, you're going to stop me from getting home to watch my favorite TV show, or I'm not going to be able to be a veterinarian like I wanted to because now I won't be able to afford to go to college and raise a baby. Yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, and, and so and here and here we go, right? When we start Okay, I had somebody ask me one time, right? The last election. And they were just they were just making a statement, like I'm not going to vote for Trump. I'm like, god, oh, that's fine, cool, man. Like you don't have to. That's your decision. And uh you know, he was going off and off and off and off. And I know he was like kind of like poking at me to see what I was going to say. And I told him, like, hey, man, you're free to choose whoever. I said, I can't get behind somebody, just me personally, I can't get behind somebody who thinks it's okay to murder babies. He's like, oh, well, that's just your religious belief. And I said, okay, yes, I'm a Christian. I believe in life. I said, but look, it comes down to whether you value life or not. And I said, here's the thing. We start redefining terms, right? And it starts with babies. And it starts with, well, that's not, you know, that's just cells and all this other stuff, right? And what you're trying to say there is that that is not a functional human being, so their life doesn't matter. Now, what goes over the course of time when we get to the elderly, right? And it comes to a place where, you know what? They're really not a functional human being anymore, so we can go ahead and we can just um, euthanize them.
1: They're expendable at that
0: point. They're expendable at that point. And, okay, so... I mean, ultimately you got to look and see like, this is a broad spectrum if we continue on that path, right? Right. Because now you're saying, if you're saying over here that it's okay, it's only inevitable before you do it here. And then what's left in the middle. Well, what about the disabled? What about the, the, the kids that aren't functioning human beings at
2: all and have to be on, you know, feeding tubes or whatever?
0: Yeah. You know what? They're expendable too.
2: Yeah, they are. And you know what? We're an expendable society. Where, you
1: know, if you're not serving a purpose for me, well, then you really don't have any value. And it's so sad that that's honestly where we are. Well, and even more scary, right? Because we're
0: defining terms. Because now now somebody else, right? Because show me your law, show me your God. Well, now man's making that law. And when man's making that law, how's it going to come down to this one? What about the vaccinated and the unvaccinated? Yeah, you know what I mean. Because guess what? Now, now you're deemed as it. You know what I mean? Like, where is this line going to? We have to have these boundaries, you know. And and I love. Uh, I heard the quote from J. Warner Wallace where he's like, "Look, the Bible is a book of freedom, and it, how not to abuse that freedom." You know, and I think that's where we get to where it's like, you know, people, you know, are willing to sacrifice and willing to compromise over on this area because you know of the benefits of what they might be able to get. So they they sway one way, but, man, look at what gets lost in that, you know. And our children, going back to how we opened this up, you know, and who's going to suffer? Our kids are going to suffer.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what we said, you know. Your decision may not catch up with you tomorrow, next month, next year, or it may be 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. But eventually, your life, your choices, your decisions will catch up with you. You know, Jesus came here and saved us, mm-hmm. but doesn't mean that it's a path that's going to be roses and lollipops. You know, it's, it, we still make the soy, decisions that can take us down a very hard path. You know, we talked about this earlier. We have to choose what kind of society we want to live in. Mm-hmm. Do we want to be a society that values life, that values individual freedom and liberty? Or do we want to be a society that is full of greed? That's full of essentially price tags. Like, you know, you're you're worth this much.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, if you don't fit my purpose, you're worth this much. And um, unfortunately, that's where we're at. I mean, as you, you look around this country. I and not to go off on Trump because Trump is one person. And I didn't, you know, when he was president of the United States, I didn't elect him to be my moral and spiritual yeah, leader. Exactly. But I'm a Republican. And someone says to me, just, this just happened two days ago. I was at Landmark Cafe. And uh, this gentleman asked me, he says, I got one question for you. I said, <laughs> okay. And, and those are usually scary ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, are you a Trump licker? And I said, all right. And, and I knew in my head, I, I know where this is going. I, this is just going to be bad. I said, No. I'm not a Trump liquor. I'm not in an, an any one licker. And um, so I engaged the gentleman and I sat down with him and I answered his questions because he had more than one question. He had many questions. But he told me, he said, if Trump gets elected to another four year term, if he runs in 2024 and gets elected to another term, he said, I'm moving out of the country. I will not do another four years of Trump. I said, are you really moving out of the country, though? Like, are you really going to do it? Because a lot of people have said it, but are you really going to? Because what other country is better than the United States? Yeah. Like, where are you going? And plus this gentleman had told me he was married. So I said, what about your wife? I mean, is she going to move with you? He said, I'll leave her here. (laughs) And he says this. It just goes to the arrogance of people because here's this guy who starts off our conversation by asking me if I'm a Trump licker. But five minutes in, tells me everything I need to know about him morally when he says, if my wife doesn't agree, I'll I'll just leave her here. I mean, you may hate one politician or another because they don't, you know, live your values. But I've seen so many ugly, ugly people. Yeah. because of, you know, and they, they reveal themselves,
0: you know, and that, and that's the, you know, and that's, what's, that's what's so hard to right? when you start talking politics uh, because, you know um, especially when you start talking politics, like in a, like a church setting, you know, like from the pulpit, you know what I mean? You yeah. have to, because as soon as you start um, leaning one way, that other side is going to completely shut themselves down. You know what I mean? And you know, like Jesus didn't die um, to be American yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying You yeah. know what I'm saying Like he didn't die So yeah. uh, You know uh, you know, On that cross Was not an American flag on there right. You know what I mean Now he died for all nations We know that all nations Are gonna go there And I think And that's the hard part man Where it's like Look you have things That you value As Americans Man there are things That I, I value You know Through and through But I'm a Christian Before I'm, I'm American
1: Yeah,
0: You know what I mean And that's where we have to Be careful sometimes Because you know like, Even with that guy Being closed off You know what I mean I probably shouldn't say this, but if you get offended, sorry, but you know what I mean? Where, it, where it's like, yeah, you're going to leave your wife kind of like how Biden left all those guys back in Afghanistan.
1: Sorry. Sorry. You don't <laughs> I
2: have, have to apologize. I was
1: in Afghanistan 0506. Um, I, and I'm against unconstitutional wars. I don't believe that um, we should have been there as long as we should never have gone there. In my opinion, we shouldn't have been there as long as we were, but the way we exited, mm-hmm. cost innocent people their lives um, un- ne- unnecessarily. I mean, they were trying to get photo ops because they wanted on September 11th, 20 years later, they wanted to be able to say, look what we did. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have this nice, fancy press conference and say, you know, they, they wanted it to be symbolic, right? They want to wrap it up in a nice little bow and yeah. we we ended this and strategy be damned. It is like we're just going to do what we want and we don't care. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't have the, the the forethought. They didn't have the, the sight to say, you know what, maybe there's a better way. And it's coming out that – and look, this isn't a Republican-Democrat thing. Um, I think there's plenty of – blame on both sides of the aisle sure. oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for why we are the in the place we are but I fought there you know you were a Marine as a soldier I fought there I was there for 13 months when that happened I said why did I go Yeah. why I mean it, it, it's so frustrating um, and I don't want to get on the soapbox but it's frustrating. And back to that, gentlemen, I say that because you have to go back and look at yourself. Are you living like Christ told us to? Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Christ didn't say run away and leave your family and, and <laughs> you know, abandon every principle I've given you. Um, but this guy was just so, and I've seen it. And I've seen it. You know, I'm not free of sin. I've seen it in myself. I've I've improved. You know, like we talked about. But we're as Americans, we're so divided right now. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it's sad because abortion is seen as a convenience. It's like you said. Oh, I don't want to deal with the consequences of the pregnancy, so I'm going to just you know. Try to get rid of it. Um, can Who can I pass the buck off to, right? Mm-hmm. How can I free myself of this burden? And uh, we look at this, you know, rape and incest is such a small, small percentage, percentage yeah. of the actual abortions carried out. And then when you look at it further, and this is a direct challenge to Christians, um, of the Christians, like 52% are Protestant and like 48%, it's like. 40-something percent Catholic. I mean, Christians are getting abortions Mm -hmm. in huge numbers. And that's not, you know, that's not okay in my opinion. Yeah. But here we are. We're wrapping the Bible to fit our beliefs. We're changing the word to fit our way of life. And rather than looking at it and saying, you know what, this is going to be tough, but – I made that decision to engage in that activity or what have you. And it's not just sex. It's not just abortion. It's anything.
0: Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: I made the decision to to live that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And here I am. You know, I've done plenty of, like, <laughs> I remember a sermon that Pastor Pat was giving. And he said, you know what? I have plenty of sins. I've, I've sinned a lot in my life. And I've gone to God with those sins. And I don't owe you as your pastor. I don't owe you to tell you what my sins are. That's between me and God. I have plenty of sins. And I'm not anyone watching this, anyone I talk to who I'm asking for a vote. I'm not asking you to vote for a perfect guy who's going to be your savior. I'm asking you to vote for a guy who realizes that he's flawed, that he's made mistakes, and every day asks for forgiveness and tries to improve himself to be the best Father, husband, citizen that he can. And that's, you know what? At the end of the day, if someone, if they go with someone else, hey, you know what? It's what it is. But I've met so many incredible people along this journey. Uh, You know, just talk about people in church. Since I did the interview with Pastor Pat on a Thursday night, I had a woman from Tucson immediately reach out to me. She's like, I was watching you online. She's like, oh, my God, I love everything that you said. Um, And I just said, you know what? I'm so glad you reached out to me. I'm so glad that God could work through me to, you know, touch you, to reach you in a way where, you know, like maybe maybe I should get involved in politics. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should bring my Christian values to politics and say, "Okay, I'm going to make my country a better place to live, a place that more represents God's
2: kingdom on earth." Mm-hmm than what it currently is and that's huge yeah no you know and that was the whole that was the whole idea behind the podcast you know what i mean of having that fortitude where it's like
0: you know what i mean it's so easy to uh to car back it's so easy to like hey this is you know hey i am a christian i go to church and you know that's it i'm in my bubble and it's so easy to just you know do people know that at your workspace you know what I mean? And it's hard when you're the only one, you know, one of the, the, the things that I think about is Peter, you know what I mean? Peter, before, you know, Jesus gets crucified, he's, he's, you know, around uh, those that are going to crucify him, those guards and everybody else around a fire. And he doesn't have the courage to speak out and say, yes, I am with him. You know what I mean? Yes, I did walk with him. Yes, I am one of his disciples, you know, why? Because he was, he felt like he was all alone in that moment. You know what I mean? And then, and it's not till, you know, in the book of Acts where, you know, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And then those same people that crucified Jesus, he's telling them, you know, you crucified Christ. Where does that boldness come from? Where does it, you know, where does that fortitude come from? You know what I mean? It can only come from God. And it's like when we're together, you know what I mean? And we can, we can influence one another. It's like, no, 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 you need to speak up because it's important for you to speak up and you're speaking up and others are speaking up. And guess what? Like, we feel like we're not alone. You know what I mean? And we don't feel like, oh, man, I have nobody else. Like, if I'm the only person at my work, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, you're not. And you're not alone. And guess what? You're not perfect. That's what makes the gospel so great, because you're not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect,
1: you know? And I love the fact that you're doing this podcast. From the first time you mentioned it to me, and I remember when the first episode went up, I love the fact that you're doing this. I love the fact that you're getting getting in a new medium. You're trying to reach people in a different way and saying, Okay, maybe this has some effect, can in some way, you know, affect your life. And you know, it's uh as Christians, we're gonna be persecuted. It's not it's not gonna be easy. Yeah. You know, and I, I think what was it Stephen that had his head bashed in with rocks. Yeah, he was yeah, he was martyred. yeah, yeah st- stone to death, right?
0: No, stone, yeah, he was a first smarter.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, it's like, that wasn't, I guarantee you, that wasn't a pleasant scene. No. That wasn't, um, he didn't enjoy it. Uh, he felt like the whole world was against him, but he stayed strong in his faith. And, he, you know, the story of the crucifixion and um, the two criminals who were there on the cross with Christ, Um you know, one of them says, this man's done nothing wrong. You know, and he's like, at that moment, like, he, he knew it wasn't getting him off the cross. He knew it wasn't, you know, going to be this thing that just said, hey, um, everything's going to be roses from here out. I'm going to, they're going to let me down. And, yeah. you know, but he's like, hey, that guy, he didn't do anything wrong. And he's like, remember me when, when you, you go enter your to kingdom. your kingdom, you know, that's like, man, yeah, it's. But you have a lot of courage, you know, I, you know, doing a podcast and, 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 you know, being out there, being present that to me, that takes courage that takes, that takes a bold step. You're saying, Hey, look, I'm trying to bring a message to you. Um, and that's, that's what it's all about. Right. It's just uh, having faith in God going where you maybe don't feel comfortable. Sure. Maybe where people in your workspace or at, even at church. Maybe people at church are like, hey, you know what? I don't agree with your opinion. Well, you may not agree with my opinion, but, you know, as long as it's rooted in this, you know, I I feel justified. Oh, I yeah. Feel like yeah well, you know, and, then, and even with that, you know, there's
0: open-handed issues and closed-handed issues. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's go back to, like, do we agree on the on these closed-handed issues? As long as we can agree with these, there some other things where there's more flexibility. And guess what? I'm not going to break fellowship because of it you know what i mean like i and here's the thing man like i it's okay for us not to be in 100% degree. i don't even agree with 100% of the things that i say that come out of my own <laughs> mouth you know what i'm saying yeah. so so you know what i mean even to that degree and, and you know one of the things man that you had even brought up where you know we were talking about campaigning and it, and it, and it's hard look i'll tell you what i feel the same thing cuz we get the podcast and then we try to put it out and it's like I, I can't stand having to promote it and, Hey, look it out, check it out. And and I go through that same struggle, but you know what, man, like if you don't get the message out there, how are they going to know? You know what I mean? If you don't get and and tell people, and unfortunately that's just the, the way that we're living. And so it's not, it's not in a boasting. You're not, Hey, look at me. I'm, you know what I mean? You're like, "No, no, no, no. Hey, this is what we're trying to do. And this is a reflection so that we can keep this right. Yeah. So that we can do it. So that we're not looking at the next generation away. And if we if we if we don't want to, you know, see the sunset right in the years and telling our children of when men were free, then guess what? We we need to do this. Yeah. And uh, you know, you said something about, you know, America being the greatest uh country. Uh, I had the opportunity to go with Pastor Pat to Cuba and you know, we were in Cuba and Pat had told somebody because somebody that was on the trip, I, I mean, I don't know what their political view is, but I think it, at the time, because it was like right after the election, I think it was more leaning the lines of, of Bernie Sanders and stuff like that. And, and, and Pat said, hey, look at this, because this right here, Cuba, this right here is socialism at its finest. They said, hey, come look at Cuba so you can see what socialism looked like. And dude, it's horrible. You know what I mean? There was, I mean, like there was an egg shortage while we were there. There was like all kinds of stuff going on. And it's like, yeah, like why? Like to imagine that that could one day potentially be our great nation. Oh, man. yeah, That's scary.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, is when you stay on the sidelines, when you don't get involved, you let the enemy creep in. And there is a vacuum there. And when you're not present, someone's going to fill that vacuum. Like mm-hmm. it's someone will step up with their ideas, sure. So you got to be present.
0: Well, you know, and, the, and that's a great point because you go back to Adam, and back go b- going back to the beginning, right? Hey, guess what? If you don't lead your family. Satan's going to lead your family. Yeah, Like that's what exactly what happened. Adam didn't stand up. He wasn't leading. And guess what? Here came Satan creeping into E's ear and he ended up leading in that sense. And same thing is going to go with our country. When we don't choose to do those things, we don't choose to stand up. Hey, you know what? When You know, as ministers of the gospel, if we don't stand up and and lead and say, hey, this is the way, like it comes from here. It's not coming from my own thought process. It's coming from here. And when we don't stand up against those things – Man, it's going to go back to the same way somebody else is going to appeal and to
1: lead people down that wrong path. Yeah. So it's, you know, some of the feedback I got from when I did the Thursday interview with Pastor Pat is people said, well, you know, it was great what you said, but you never told us how to get involved.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, because we are a church and there are government restrictions and things like that, I I mean, we, we intentionally kept that nonpartisan. It was about sure. a, a calling, a ministry, you know, a, going out on a mission, you know, and how as a Christian you enter that realm. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, you know, whatever political party you belong to, whatever uh, sect you belong to, you've got to go out and you've got to do a little research. You know, you've got to say, okay, who's running for office, you know? who's, who's out there on the ticket. I just had an individual call me yesterday. Um, He was calling every single Republican that's running in the primary in my race. I spent 45 minutes on the phone with this guy, 45 minutes. And, you know, I don't have time to spend 45 minutes on the phone with everybody, but he impressed me because he was doing his research. He was calling the find out, do the people believe the way I want, Mm -hmm. you know, do the people stand for the same values that I believe in and good on him. I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's incumbent on us. It's it's our responsibility to go out and be present, and that's you know, finding out who's running, finding out what we can do to be better citizens or better Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how can we help? Sure. And you said that earlier. You know, it's not what can you do for me. It's what are your principles and beliefs, and then how can I help you make my state, my district, my country better? Yeah. How can we go out and and change this together? So let's, let's talk about uh,
0: um, that as we get ready to wrap up. I don't want to keep you any longer. I want to respect your time. Um, um, How can people support you?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, obviously the biggest thing is votes. The biggest thing is votes. Uh, And there's a primary election next August. You know, if, you know, if you want me to represent you on the Republican ticket, you got to go out and help me win the Republican primary. So that's step number one, August. But um, my website is Brandon4Arizona.com. brandon for arizona F O R Arizona.com. Okay. Brandon4Arizona.com. I'll put that in. I'll make sure I link anything that you got. Thank you. And, you know, go read up on my platform. See what my political beliefs are. And, you know, if you want to, we could use volunteers for the campaign. Uh, we could use, you know, the word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. And at the end of the day, ultimately, there's donations. You need donations to reach people because, I mean, you're what, on episode 33? No, there's 27, 24. I think this would be 24. 23, I think. So I knew there was a three in there somewhere. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, you're doing this. How many many viewers did you get the first one compared to the 23rd? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? And so – you know, donations help, but word of mouth, getting involved. You know, I would rather have, I would rather have an army of five hundred volunteers than five hundred thousand oh, okay, dollars. and okay. I, I mean that. I would rather have five hundred volunteers working on my campaign than to have five hundred thousand dollars because I know which one will get me the win. Yeah, five hundred volunteers will. So, um, you know, just get involved. And if it's not my campaign, if, you know, if, if I'm not the best person to represent you, go find someone, work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, if I'm not, if I'm not picked to be the person, it's not going to hurt my feelings, you know. But I do believe selfishly that um, my form of government, the form that I want to promote and see, mm-hmm. is the one that protects life, liberty, and property. I believe I have the best message for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just, you know, if I didn't, I wouldn't be in it. Sure. If I didn't believe that, you know, what I was doing was to go out there and help my country in the best possible way, I wouldn't be doing it. So, um, you know, if, if you want to get involved, I appreciate that. And if you don't, that's fine too, but I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be working hard making sure people are, you know, exposed to
2: who I am and what my beliefs are. And Hey, if I can represent you, it'd be an honor. Uh, what about social media? You got some social media that people want to reach out and they hear sure. this and they want to.
1: Yeah. Brandon Martin for Congress on Facebook. Um, and, you know, on our website, we have all the little social media icons where you can go and click on those things and follow what we're doing. And, uh, you know, social media is fine. I try not to get too wrapped up in it. Sure. I try to just make it a presence so that we're we're there and people can see us and know that we exist. But ultimately – it's the website. Okay. You know, share our message on social media. That's great. You know, if we have hundred people from Sierra Vista sharing that message and it gets out, then that's going to make a big difference. But and People can email through the website. Uh, yeah. You can send an email through our website. You can get in touch. Um, you asked some of the things that we're going to be doing right now on uh, December 18th, we're going to have an event over at the Republican headquarters. It's Saturday. Um, it's going to be over at the Republican headquarters. Uh, Which is where? Over on, I think it's 325 West Fry Boulevard. Okay, so here in service? Yeah. Um, it's going to be out in the parking lot, and we're going to have hot chocolate and cookies, and we're going to be singing Christmas carols, uh, doing some praying, um, you know, just fellowship, and mm-hmm. doing it in a way where, you know, the community hears us. Good. So um, we're going to be – pay attention to that. We'll put it up on the website. Um, right now I'm trying to nail down a time because there's different moving parts, but it's probably going to be um, – it's either going to be 11 a.m. or it's going to be like 6 p.m. Okay. But right now we're trying to nail that down. So we'll put it out and I'm going to send out messages. Uh, I'm going to do a robocall to everybody nice. <laughs> that's a registered voter. So uh, I, I hate robocalls myself, but you know what? It's just a it's at a price and at a way where I can reach the most amount of people. So we'll be putting that out on the website. Yeah. I'll make sure that
0: anything you sent to me, I'll make sure that it's all linked up, uh, okay, whether it's on YouTube or the other show notes when this drops.
1: Um, also you teach a civics class, right? I do. So in a different capacity with another hat, um, I run a 501 C three called keepers of Liberty and our website is keepers of liberty.org keepers of liberty.org. And, um, we hire veterans to teach civics. Because every veteran, as you know, has taken an oath to defend the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And that's a lifelong oath. It's not something that uh, we just stop once we take off the uniform. So we hire veterans to teach civics. Um, we were putting through our goal for this year was 200 people. Um, earlier this year, we were on pace for like four or 500 people. Wow. So I had to step back from that. And we did a fundraiser to help, you know, uh, build the organization a little bit. And our ultimate goal with that was to create a through K-12 school. Um, and, you know, I, I pray that it works um, or that, you know, the path is open. But um, just the other day I was talking with a gentleman in town and it looks like we have found a location. So uh, thank God for that. Um, it looks like we're going to be probably... Um, early next year sometime, maybe summer. It's going to be a year-round school, K through 12. Um, and I know there are other good choices here in Sierra Vista, but um, we're going to have a little bit of a different view on things, and we're going to start teaching literally from infancy um, through 12th grade. I mean, we're going to have a daycare component where we're going to work on reading and motor skills, and um, we're just we're going to try to make the best school possible So that when the the child, the person learning leaves, whether it's at 12 years old or 18 years old, they've gone through the whole curriculum and they're the best American citizen prepared to walk
2: out and be involved in their community and make it a better place. Oh, that's cool, man. That's really cool so cool hey, man, well brandon thank you much for yeah. for
0: coming in and and uh being a part of this and and giving up your, your time uh we really appreciate it i know steve is super bummed he was really <laughs> looking forward to being here um but if you don't mind we normally have our guests pray us out so if you have nothing else to add man
1: yeah let's do this all right brother father god we thank you for this day we thank you for fellowship and we thank you for your son jesus christ uh, we ask father that you forgive us for our sins and help us do your will father And in that, we just ask you that you open the path for us, that we do things according to your way, and we know you're going to get us there one way or another. But please be with the sick and the scared, Father. Let them feel your love, comfort, and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.